Welcome to the Social Dallas Podcast. Today you'll hear an uplifting message from our pastor, Robert Madu. Our hope is that your relationship with God would flourish like never before. I'm so excited about what God's going to do today. I'm starting a brand new series today, y'all. Come on, I'll take those hand claps. It's going to be good. I'm starting a new series. And the title of this series, See the Wonder. See the Wonder. This series is going to start today, but it's going to culminate on December 19th at the Windspear Opera House. And we're just calling that day Wonder at the Windspear. Say that 10 times. Wonder at the Windspear. And uh, I did a little tour with the team of the Windspear. I took a picture there. I'm telling you, this place, ooh, talk about See the Wonder. I walked in there. Y'all, that is a $197 million building. I walked in there. It was just breathtaking. I just, just smelled bougie in there. It was just, it is incredible. And as I'm looking at the architecture, I'm looking at the lights, the chandelier, they're like, it can change colors, it can go up and down. I said, whoo, I can see the wonder in here. But I mean, I didn't just see the wonder at the Wind Spirit. I walked in here to Gillies today. And I walk around and... I can see the wonder in here. In fact, let's back it up a little bit more. When we were at the Hi-Fi, now called the Echo Lounge, man, I could see the wonder in there. Let's back it up further. When we were at Granada Theater on Greenville Avenue, whole building smelled like weed and Axe body spray. It was harder, but I could see the wonder. Even at Granada Theater. 2020. We weren't even gathering. Services were in my house online. Pastor Taylor was the camera person in my house, just trying to muster up enough courage just to give hope when I was needing hope myself in a pandemic. And in my house, I could see the wonder. I'm wondering if the wonder is always around you. You just have to have the eyes to see it. Most people don't realize that we all have wonder. We all have imagination. It's just where you want to appropriate that imagination. Some of you that are wrestling with worry and anxiety, it is just really a misappropriation of your imagination. What if all that effort and energy in the worry was put into you opening up your eyes and seeing the wonder? Oh, I'm telling you, it's around you. You just got to see it. That's what I want to talk about for the next few weeks. So stand with me to honor the reading of God's word. We're going to jump straight into it. It's the only time I'm asked you to stand after that. Uh, it's on you. But feel free to do that too. That'll bless my soul. If it's getting real good and you stand up and make that, you preach in good face, which is also synonymous with the constipated face just there. That. <laughs> that blesses my soul. Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. And I want to look at verses 11 through 20, and also verses 26 through 38. The gospel according to Luke chapter 1, 11 through 20, and then we'll jump down to 26, land at verse 38. When you're ready to read it, say, yeah. If you need some time to find it, say, hold up. I heard that hold up over there. I'm away. I'm away. I want you to find it. This is important. It's the Christmas story. Come on. See Matthew. Got to go a little bit further. See in Ephesians, you went way too far. See in Genesis, you ain't been to church in a minute. <laughs> and there's no condemnation. That's why we put it on the screen. 
for you to see. Luke chapter 1. It's a lot of scripture, but come on, y'all. We don't have a 6 p.m. It's only online uh, today. So let's read this scripture. You've been saying, I'm going to read more scripture in 2022. So here we go. It says, all at once an angel of the Lord appeared to him, that's Zechariah, standing just to the right of the altar of incense. Zechariah was startled and overwhelmed with fear, but the angel reassured him, saying, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God is showing grace to you, for I've come to tell you that your prayer for a child has been answered. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son. You are to name him John. His birth will bring you much joy and gladness. Many will rejoice because of him, and he will be one of the great ones in the sight of God. He will drink no wine or strong drink, no crown royal, no pinot noir, none of it, can't have it. But he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even while he was still in his mother's womb. Huh. Filled with the Holy Spirit while he's in his mama's womb. That's interesting. You can be filled with the Spirit in your mama's womb. It's like God is showing us where life begins right there. If somebody's filled with the Spirit, ooh, in their mama's womb. And he will persuade many in Israel to convert and turn back to the Lord their God. He will go before the Lord as a forerunner with the same power and anointing as Elijah the prophet. He will be instrumental in turning the hearts of the fathers in tenderness back to their children and the hearts of the disobedient back to the wisdom of their righteous fathers. And he will prepare a united people who are ready for the Lord's appearing. Verse 18 jacked me up. Zechariah asked the angel, how? How do you expect me to believe this? <laughs> I'm an old man. My wife, she old too. Too old to give me a child. He looks at an angel and says, what sign can you give me to prove this will happen? Then the angel said, I'm assuming with attitude, I'm gay, bro. I stand beside God himself, bro. He has sent me to announce to you this good news. I didn't come up with this. I'm the message. I'm telling you what he said. But now, since you do not believe my words, you will be stricken silent and unable to speak until the day my words have been fulfilled at their appointed time and a child is born to you. That will be your sign. I'm just telling you how he read it. Now let's jump down to verse 26 because I want you to see this. Gabriel makes a cameo appearance and shows up to Mary. This is the one that's on the Hallmark card, but you had to get that first one first. During the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, the angel Gabriel was sent from God's presence to an unmarried girl named Mary living in Nazareth, a village in Galilee. She was engaged to a man named Joseph, a true descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Rejoice, beloved young woman, for the Lord is with you and you're anointed with great favor. Mary was deeply troubled over the words of the angel bewildered, I love that word, over what this may mean for her. But the angel reassured her, saying, Do not yield to your fear, Mary, 
For the Lord has found delight in you and has chosen to surprise you with a wonderful gift. You will become pregnant with the baby boy and you are to name him Jesus. He will be supreme and will be known as the son of the highest. And the Lord God will enthrone him as king on the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign as king of Israel forever and his reign will have no limit. Mary said, but how could this happen? I'm still a virgin. Gabriel answered, the spirit of holiness will fall upon you and almighty God will spread a shadow of power over you in a cloud of glory. This is why the child born to you will be holy and he will be called the son of God. What's more, your aged Aunt Elizabeth has also become pregnant with the son. The barren one is now in her sixth month. Don't miss verse 37. Not one promise from God is empty of power. Nothing is impossible. You don't believe it. Nothing is impossible with God. Can you say amen? I'm going to let you sit in a minute. I know your feet are hurting, but hold on one second. Verse 20. Verse 20 is what got me. He's looking at an angel saying, give me a sign. <laughs> and Gabriel says, since you didn't believe my words, you will be stricken silent and unable to speak until the day my words have been fulfilled at their appointed time and the child is born to you. That will be your sign. He shut his mouth. I want to talk to you today not long from this thought. Mouth shut, eyes open. Mouth shut, eyes open. Some of y'all can leave on my title right there. You know how how much better your life would be if you just kept your mouth shut and your eyes open. Come on, look at your neighbor, whichever one you like the best. Say, neighbor. Oh, neighbor. Shut your mouth. Open your eyes. Come on, find your other neighbor, the one you ignore, because that's the one you really need to say it to. Come on, say, other neighbor. Oh, other neighbor. You my second option. Because I got a word for you. Shut your mouth. Open your eyes. If you believe God's going to speak, give him some praise up in here. You can be seated. Lord, speak to us today. Amen. They always mess me up because they need a picture for the thumbnail on, on uh, YouTube. So let me go ahead and give them one that goes with my title. Mouth shut, (laughs) eyes open. Social fam, last week, my parents, Robert and Evelyn Madu Sr., who are here today, celebrated 38 years of marriage. 38 years. 38 years. Who would have thought that what started as a conversation in the library on the collegiate campus of Texas A&M would turn into 38 years of marriage. 38 years. I love how they met. She sat in his seat in the library, and uh, he rolled up on her. This is my dad's line. This is how he shot his, was shooting his shot. He he went up to her. He said, excuse me, are you Nigerian? (laughs) To which my mom replied, no, I'm American. (laughs) And who would have thought that that conversation would have led to 38 years of marriage? 
And so last week, because uh, I am their eldest son and I want to stay their favorite son, I felt it was incumbent upon me to bless them with a good wedding anniversary gift. So I called them up. I said, uh, I booked you two nights stay at a hotel here in Dallas because I know how frugal my dad is. I said, I already paid for it. You're going to be charged if you cancel. I said, I want you all to go to this hotel. I want you to go to the spa. I said, I want you to order room service. I said, I want you to relax. I said, I want you to have a good time. I said, I want you all to have fun. I said, have fun. Then I said, because I'm crazy, but don't have too much fun. I said, because I ain't trying to have another sibling, okay? <laughs> my mom started laughing. She said, you're crazy. I said, no, I'm serious. I need y'all to watch my kids. I ain't trying to watch y'all kids. <laughs> she laughed again. She said, uh, yeah, right. And her yeah, right let me know that although my mom is a woman of faith and a woman of prayer, she obviously is not familiar with Luke chapter 1, <laughs> verse number 37. That Bible says, no promise of God will be empty and nothing is impossible for God. Oh, it could happen. It could happen. Ladies and gentlemen, that's where we drop in on this text today. This text starts, please don't miss the Christmas story. It does not start really in the womb of a virgin. It starts in the womb of a senior citizen. That Gabriel's first announcement was not in Nazareth, that little no-name town, but Gabriel's first announcement of you're having a baby actually went to an old senior citizen by the name of Zechariah who was just serving one day in the temple. It started with two people who had already retired, had their AARP card. That's where the Christmas story started. It started with Zechariah and Elizabeth. And I just want to talk about Zechariah and Elizabeth today. I know, I know every Every Christmas preachers around the nation today, you're talking about Mary and Joseph. And of course we should talk about Mary and Joseph. They get all the shine. They're in your front yard. They're on your mantle. We love the nativity scene. And we should. But understand that the nativity scene is just a piece of the story. To be sure, it is the culmination of the story. But you understand that the story of grace started long before the nativity scene. As a matter of fact, as soon as Adam and Eve took of the forbidden fruit... Never mind, scratch that. Before they even made the mistake, before the foundation of the earth, God already had a plan before the enemy had a scheme. And he knew that he was going to send his son down through 42 generations to rescue and redeem us. Yes, the nativity is a piece, but it's not the full picture. It's not the full picture. That's why I love Matthew's gospel. We're in Luke, but you know how Matthew starts off? You skip it every year. Baby daddy after baby daddy after baby daddy. The whole first chapter is letting you know the genealogy of Jesus, that grace started through a lineage, not of perfect people, but how many you know it's some hashtag jacked up people on that list because grace was already working even through the lineage of Jesus before he ever showed up. He was doing something to redeem us. Oh, I want to talk about Zachariah and Elizabeth. I love Zach and Elizabeth. I love it because they were faithful. They were faithful. They, they just started off, watch this, as church-going people. They were just serving the temple and were doing it faithfully. Ooh, it's the faithfulness for me. It's, it's, it's the consistency for me. That's what I'm on right now. Anybody can have intensity. I want to see your consistency. Anybody can be powerful in a minute. Tick tock, get out of here. I want to see, 
Can you be powerful? Can you be faithful year after year after year after year? Oh, consistency is something to be admired. That's what I stare at when I'm out in public, I'm people watching. I don't care about these new couples all over each other. I love you. No, give me that old couple. Take them 45 minutes to get to their seat. And sitting now, won't say nothing to each other, but just sitting there. Just looking at each other. They've said it all. They've been married 65 years. Give me the consistency. Still there. Oh, even in the gym. In the gym. I'm not impressed with you, bro. If you're in the gym talking about, you know, them people that are extra in the gym. 300. Get out of here. I'm not impressed with that. I'm impressed with the dude that's 80-something years old. Got the same shorts since 1973. Right here, the Adidas sign is all crumbled up. And he's just in there. He won't have but five pounds or maybe just a little band. He's just in there. Just getting it. Been going to that gym for the longest. It's the consistency for me. They were just faithfully showing up in the temple. And this is where the story starts. It starts with Zach. And Lizzie, you have to understand, Zach, I'm just trying to make you, wake you up. You, you have to understand, please don't miss this, that Gabriel's announcement to Zechariah in the temple that day was what shattered the silence of 400 years. Please understand that the announcement of Gabriel to Zechariah was preceded by 400 years of silence, 400 years of not a word from God. 400 years of not one prophet opening up their mouth to say anything. 400 years of wondering if God was going to be faithful on his promise. 400 years of wondering if the Redeemer was going to come. 400 years. That is a long time waiting for the promise, the consolation of Israel. 400 years, no word from God. When you read your Bible and you go from that Old Testament to the New Testament, you just flip a page. But when you flip that page, understand. That is 400 years of silence. God didn't say anything. And all of a sudden, the silence is shattered by an announcement from Gabriel, who did not go to Mary first. He went to Zechariah first. Zechariah and Elizabeth, their hashtag relationship goes to me. Let me tell you why. Zechariah's name, please don't miss this, means God remembers. Elizabeth's name means his oath. Zachariah's name means God remembers. Sister girl's name means his oath. That means every time they walked in the room, they were proclaiming through their union, God remembers his oath. God is faithful. God remembers his oath. Every time they posted a picture together, God remembers his oath. Every time they went to the restaurant, God remembers his oath. Ooh, I love Zachariah and Elizabeth. The Bible lets us know they came from a lineage of priests. They were faithful. They served in the temple. They were blameless. What else? Oh, it's my favorite. They were old. They were old. They they were old. That's what the Bible says. They were old. Uh, Quick survey. Uh, Wave your hand if you're old in here. (laughs) Wave your hand if you're young. Some of y'all didn't know what to do. Some of y'all did for both. Come on. You as young as you feel and you as old as you feel. And lets us know they're old. Now, when it comes to age, age is interesting because, I mean, you know, there's like your chronological age, but then there's your psychological age. I met some young people who are old, (laughs) just old, just as rigid and old as somebody 98 years old. I met some 90, 80-year-old people who are young. 
Young, yo, Mimi, I'm telling you, Mimi, young, 90-some years old will kill y'all on the dance floor. I'm telling you, it's, it's something about your actual age and your mental age. And I want to talk about age in this text because I think it's important and it's imperative to the text because you understand that age, even biblically, was often sometimes an area of division when it really should be a place of collaboration. Even in our culture today, sometimes even more than race, age seems to divide us when it really should be a place of collaboration and connection. Can I just talk like I'm at home because I am? You know how many older people of the faith will not come to Social Dallas because they just see us on the gram? They're like, look what y'all doing. But man, that's the young people church. I'm like, for real? They're like, yeah, I saw your freestyle. That's the young people. Church, I'm like, you ought to be up in here every day then. Do you know we need mothers and fathers of the faith who will pass on what they've carried and to our generation? God always does things generationally. I see young people who won't be faithful in the church they're in because like, oh man, they old. It is the power of generations coming together where God will always birth a miracle. The enemy wants us to be divided by our age, but we really need to collaborate because of our age. Prove it in the text. God is so concerned about generations connecting that before Gabriel went to Mary, he first went to Elizabeth because who else but Elizabeth and Mary could know what it was like to experience a pregnancy that was supernatural and Mary had nobody else to call but Elizabeth because she said girl you don't know what happened to me Gabriel came she's like yeah girl me too so there's Mary with her young self pregnant by God and there is Elizabeth with her old self pregnant too and the power of them two generations coming together is what produced the miracle that brought forth the whole Christmas story generations need each other oh you need the wisdom of generations that have gone before you. Older generations, you need some of our wisdom too. We need somebody to tell you, no, don't wear that. <laughs> no, don't do your hair like that. That was, you know, that's just kind of changed a little bit. We need to come together. The power of generations. Even the first miracle of the New Testament church, who Luke, our writer today, records, started with a lame man who was by a gate called Beautiful, and there was Peter and John. Older Peter, cussing old Peter, and a young John who was always cuddling with people. And the first miracle of the New Testament church was a collaboration between generations coming together. What does it say? In the last days I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy and your old man will dream dreams. Your young man will see visions. It is a generational thing God wants to do. So Mary and Elizabeth had to connect. But the reality is age often divides us when it should be connecting us. That's why Paul told Timothy, he said, don't let anybody look down on you just because you're young. You set an example for the believers because sometimes older people will look down on younger people. In 2 Kings, there's a story I've never heard a preacher preach on it. I should preach on it. But there was this old prophet named Elisha, and this younger generation was making fun of him because he was old and bald. This is the most gangster passage ever. Read it in 2 Kings when you go home. He's walking, and these young people are like, ah, dismissing him because he's old. This prophet called out a bear from the wild to maul 42 boys. He's like, I bet you won't do that again. Who bawled now? Called a bear <laughs> to jack them young boys up. But we need each other. We need the generations. Because here's what I found out. God will use you no matter what your age is. Because God is not concerned about your age. 
But hear me. He is concerned about your wonder. God is not so much concerned about age. He is concerned about wonder. You're all. Hear me. Aging is not your skin getting wrinkly and you losing your teeth or your hairline receding or everything that was north going south. That is not aging. You, know, you want to know when you've aged? No, I'm serious. You've aged when you lost your wonder. When you've lost your awe. When you're not impressed by anything anymore, you have aged. I don't care what your age is. When you have lost your wonder, you have lost everything. When you've lost your wonder, you have lost your why. And when you lose your why, you will lose your way. It is always about the wonder, the awe, the things that makes you pause and go, God, you are good. God, you are worthy. You have lost your age when you lose your wonder. I'll give a scripture for that. Okay, I'll give you scripture. Isn't it funny that Jesus, when he's talking to his disciples who thought they were all that because they had been walking with them for a while and they had the blue check next to their name and they started shooing away the kids, shooing them. And Jesus goes, you can't even get into my kingdom until you become like them. You got to become like a child. But then the apostle Paul says, you need to put away childish things. He said, when I was a child, I thought like a child. I spoke like a child. I understood like a child. But when I became a grown man, Put away childish things. So which one is it? Jesus said, I got to be like a child. Paul said, put away childish things. Which one? Well, there's a difference between being childish and childlike. Preach that Bible, Robert. Childish is immaturity. Childish, when you've been coming to church for years and jump from church to church, well, I ain't getting fed. Feed yourself. You've been going to church 15 years. You need to serve. You done heard every sermon, every podcast. Get involved. Pick up a chair. I ain't being fed. Yes, you have been. You ain't worked out. Ooh, what is on me today? That's not in the notes. Stick to the script. Childish. <laughs> That's childish. But childlike is different. Childlike is wonder. Childlike is oh, anything can happen. Ooh, that's why I love, I love the season I'm in with our little humans. Seven, five, and four. Everything is possible. You, you, know, you know one of my favorite places to preach right now? My priorities are in order. It's not in front of y'all. It's in front of them. Every night, they want my stories. They want my stories. I have to make up stories. Three different stories to all three of them before they go to bed. Am I telling the truth, Pastor Taylor? Every night, they want a story, a made-up story, and I can make up anything. Last night, I made up one about a bear gorilla. Bear gorilla that was chasing them. And they loved it. Now, one of them said, Ah, oh, bear and a gorilla, there's no such thing. You know why? Because they still have their wonder. They still, the elf moved again. Yeah, he crazy. He be moving. Wonder. I don't want him to lose it. I don't want him to lose it. Because everything is possible when you have wonder. You believe it all. Have you lost your wonder? Oh, it's hard to keep your wonder in this cynical age, isn't it? Nobody's impressed with anything anymore. I've seen it. Yeah. You can't even have mystery anymore now. We can't even handle mystery. Anything you don't know, Google. Oh, actually, I do now. Yeah, I Googled it. Nobody can even live in the tension of mystery because we've lost our wonder. We've lost our awe. There's something about wonder. G.K. Chesterton said, a philosopher, he said, I learned way more from a nursery than I ever did in lectures on philosophy. Wonder. Wonder. 
the wide-eyed wonder of a child. You ever notice in, in fairy tales, whenever they're telling a story, and no matter what the story is, Cinderella, whoever, it's like, guess what? You got this, you got this ticket to this magic kingdom, but if you don't come back by 12 o'clock, if you ain't back here by this date, it's always a condition. Have you noticed with the wonder? And then not in one of the stories do the kids go, well, why? It's not really fair. I don't understand why it has to end at 12 o'clock. If we were in the story, we'd be asking all them questions, and that's why we wouldn't be in the story. Kids don't care. If you ask that story, they'd be like, just be happy that there's magic in the first place. Because there's something about wonder that keeps your eyes open. And sometimes because our mouths are open, our eyes are shut. And we miss out on the wonder of what God wants to do. I love what Albert Einstein said. He said, the most beautiful thing we can experience is the mysterious. It's the source of all true art and science. He to whom the emotion is a stranger... He who can no longer pause to wonder and stand wrapped in awe is as good as dead. His eyes are closed. I want to know today, how old are you? In essence, I'm asking, have you lost your wonder? When was the last time that you paused and just went, wow? When was the last time you paused and said it backwards? If you didn't laugh at that, you know you lost your wonder a long time ago. Not funny. <laughs> wonder, the beauty of awe, the beauty to look at something and say, that is amazing. Do you know what scares me? You know what I don't want to lose as God keeps blessing our church? The wonder. I'm glad y'all are here. Oh, this is amazing. Look at all these people. We had people in the first service. Oh, but I remember Granada Theater, 100 people. Like, yo, we killing it. A hundred, it was packed. I remember we had, Frankie, you remember when we got mics without the cord? We're like, yo, we got cordless mics? I'm going to lose the wonder. I'm going to lose the beauty. John Bevere said it last week. That's why I had my father-in-law, John Bevere, speak. We need to hear from the other generations. We got to collaborate. John Bevere in the back, he said, you know what I hope people say of me? If I keep living, preaching 15, 20 years from now, he said, I want them to say 20 years from now that I was more in love with Jesus then than I am now. He said, the worst thing to become is an old person that's gotten cynical. I think the worst thing to become is a young person that's gotten cynical and lost your wonder. I know what I look like if I got old and lost my wonder. You know what I would look like? I was going through my phone. Remember this phenomenon? I look just like that. Remember when everybody was doing that, how they looked when they got old? has nothing to do with the app. You want to see if you're old? Check your wonder. Let me give you some blues clues of how you can know you've lost your wonder. If you stop being thankful and grateful, you've lost your wonder. A loss of wonder is always followed by a loss of thankfulness. People who have their wonder are just grateful. They're just thankful. You know how many marriages and relationships would change if you just had gratefulness? Just wonder that somebody would want to spend their life with you. Wake up to your breath every day. No, for real. That's why the marriage falls apart, because you got familiar and you lost wonder. Some of you are way better to your coworkers than the person that lives with you. Oh, everybody loves you at the office. Oh, I love Jan. She's, she's so nice. Oh, Jan, everybody, you bringing cookies to the office at home? Cut off the light. Get on your side of the bed. To the one that you love? You lost your wow. 
Ooh, you don't know how God is talking to me while I'm talking to y'all. I'm trying to see how I want to hit you, but keep, keep the wonder. Starts with gratitude. In my text today, Zachariah thinks his problem is his age chronologically. That's not his problem. It's he's lost the wonder. He's still going to the temple. He's still saved. (laughs) He's still doing the routine. But I think he's lost the wonder. And I don't blame him for losing the wonder. Oh, please hear me. I feel Zachariah and Elizabeth. Remember their names? God remembers his oath. So explain how you could be blameless Your names together means God remembers his oath, but you're not able to have a baby. The one thing in that culture that everybody held in such high esteem, they're not able to have. Oh, I bet they did lose their wonder. It's not like we try to lose our wonder. Disappointment makes us lose our wonder. Years and years of believing God for something that has not come to pass. It's not like you become evil. It's just you stop praying about it when it's happened, meaning to not come in your life. The disappointment knows how to take away the wonder. Every time they showed up, I'm sure when they started off getting married, God remembers his oath, we're going to have a baby. I'm sure she had the nursery all set up. But year after year after year of no baby. The disappointment will make you lose the wonder. And now they've resolved, maybe in their heart, maybe never even said it verbally. I guess it's not for me. What have you stopped praying about? What have you stopped believing God for? Because it hadn't come to pass yet. And I think Zechariah lost his wonder until one day I love it because the miracle started before Gabriel showed up the Bible says that he was chosen as one of the priests to put incense on the altar and you and I we read that and we're like oh cool but you have to understand Zechariah was not the only priest at that time most scholars will tell you that there were 20,000 priests at that time 20,000 priests and only twice a year you would get to pick to have one week, twice a year, at the temple to put incense in the altar in the most holy place. Some priests went their whole lifetime and never got the opportunity because the way they did it was Vegas style. They cast lots, and you had to wait to see if you were picked. Year after year, Zachariah would go to the temple. They would cast lots. Oh, didn't pick me. Cool. Next year, go to the temple. Lots picked. Oh, didn't Year after year, until one day, He goes to the temple. I don't know why I keep coming to this temple every single year. They ain't never pick me. They go back, go watch TV, watch the Cowboys. They make me mad every day anyway. They always lose it. Go ahead, cast the lots. I got stuff to do. I'm trying to go watch TV. Huh? It's all right. Come on, I'll go do it. This is like winning the lottery, y'all. One out of 20,000. Here's his job. You got to see this. The temple was ornate. You talk about wonder. 
They said you could see the temple from 30 miles away. Massive structure. You should go to the Holy Land and see it. Beautiful. You could see the gold top. And you would walk in as the high priest. And here's his job. You go into the most holy place. The table of showbread is there. The lampstands are there. And all you do is take the frankincense and the myrrh. And you put it on the altar of incense. And all of a sudden the incense would rise. And it would represent the prayers of the saints. And outside in the outer court would be thousands just waiting on their knees to see the incense. The prayers of the saints going up. And when you would finish you would come out and pronounce the blessing. You've heard the song. The Lord bless you. And Numbers chapter 6. That's the song. That's what he's going to do. It's a normal day. He's gotten picked. He walks in. They're waiting outside. He puts the frankincense in the myrrh. The incense goes up. They're like, all right. Let's go. And he turns around. Boom! And standing right next to him is Gabriel with his chest out. Can you imagine? Yo, you weren't expecting nobody being there. And an angel shows up. He probably gave him a heart attack. He's like, oh, cool. He's like, get back up. Get back up. Come on, Zachariah. Oh, yeah, we got to start changing angels in art. These little bitty babies, pale skin. No, they look like Shaquille O'Neal, obviously. Because every time one showed up in the Bible, they're like, don't be afraid. Don't die. Get up. <laughs> Can you imagine? I'm not for real. This is how I read the Bible, y'all. Can you imagine? I get scared when my kids come up in my room in the middle of the night and just standing in the dark just... Can you imagine? You just put an altar. Oh, Lord. Fear not. <laughs> Got good news. Zechariah, your prayers have been heard. You're going to have a baby. His name will be John. He will be great in the sight of God. And he will have the power of the prophet Elisha. What you got to say about that? And this fool says to an angel, How? Sway. How? Prove to me it's going to happen. Ladies and gentlemen, he is looking at an angel saying, Give me a sign that this is going to happen. Oh, it sounds funny. But if a person can look at an angel when they have finally got the thing they've been praying for for years and doubt the word of an angel, how much more you and I who've been believing God for things and then when they manifest and we don't even have the benefit of seeing the angel, we doubt it too. You know you can reject the very thing you've been praying for, especially when it's taken a long time for it to come to pass. You can reject the freedom that you can actually walk in because it's taken a long time. You can reject the person God wants to bless you with. You know how many people that have become so, ooh, that have become so addicted to dating people who are crazy? That when God actually gives somebody, gives you somebody that is whole, you're like, I don't know what it is about him. He's just too nice. <laughs> too nice. No, you have become addicted to psychos. <laughs> right there. Right there. And he misses it. Right in his face. Hear me. You can be believing and be believing and God can do it 
And you can miss the wonder even when it's right in front of you. The Pharisees did it. Jesus is walking on water, healing the sick, raising the dead, multiplying fish and bread, of which some of them were probably eating. Talking about, this fish and bread is good. I know you multiplied it, but give us a sign that you are really sent from God. And the sign was right in front of them. You don't believe it? You can miss the wonder when it's right in front of you. Now, here's where I want to put a tack, because I never saw this before, and I never said this publicly, so y'all, this is going to be very cathartic for me, because I took issues with this text, serious issues, particularly with Gabriel, because we read it earlier. Zechariah sees the angel Gabriel. He says, you're going to have a child. He's going to be great. His name going to be John. He goes, how? Prove it. Gabriel goes, you don't know what my name is. Okay. You don't believe? Booyaka. You can't talk. Nine months, mouth shut. Okay. Fast forward. Gabriel makes his cameo appearance to Mary. Same thing, different town. Nazareth. Hell, Mary. You found favor with God. You're going to have a son. His name is Jesus. He's going to be great, for real, for real. His throne will never end. She goes, how? I'm a virgin. He says, girl, you just relax, okay? The Holy Spirit <laughs> is going to overshadow you. Girl, go get a pedicure, okay? You chill. God going to do it. Hold up, Gabriel. My boy Zach can't speak for nine months. Because he said hi. And she just gets, it's all right. <laughs> Holy Spirit going to do it. I said, that's, that's gender discrimination. <laughs> he can't talk. Mary shouldn't be able to talk. <laughs> I got really mad. Went back to the text. Realized that's not what happened. He said, please don't miss it. He says, prove to me that it's going to happen. How? Prove. Give me a sign that it's going to come to pass. In other words, I'll believe it when I see it. That's another clue. You've lost your wonder. When you say, oh, I believe it when I see it. He says, give me a sign for confirmation to believe. Mary does not say that. Mary goes, oh, I believe it. I'm just trying to see how. Because <laughs> I really am a virgin. No, I, I, believe, I believe the word. I'm just trying to see how. I don't need confirmation. I just need clarity as to how. This has never happened in the history of forever. So I'm just trying to figure out. No, I, I, I believe it. And I know I'm going to see it. He's saying, I'll believe it when I see it. She says, no, I believe it. I just don't see it yet. There's a difference between people who have that come out of their mouth and say I believe it when I see it and people of faith who say I already believe it I just don't see it yet oh I feel like preaching right now I believe I'm going to get the job I just don't see it yet I believe I'm going to have the family I just don't see it yet I believe I got the spouse I just don't see it yet I believe social is going to have a building I just don't see it yet 
somebody give God some praise if there's stuff you believe in but you just ain't seen it yet. Don't get them twisted. They said two completely different things. That's what Gabriel judged him on. He judged him on the doubt that came out of his mouth. He said, oh, I believe it when I give me a sign. That's not what Mary said. Mary says, oh, I believe. I just, I just need clarity. And she gets to this place where she says, let it be to me according to your word. And then she starts praising God because her eyes were already open with wonder and her mouth was open with praise. She started praising God. But because Zacharias' eyes were closed, age, not chronological, but mentally he's lost his wonder. All of a sudden, the angel goes, all right, don't believe me, just watch. And you ain't going to talk. Three of y'all got it. And you ain't going to talk. Mouth shut so your eyes can be open. Can I give you a little bit more? Because remember, they got people. And I want to turn this into a marriage or a dating sermon. But I just got to preach the text. Because don't forget, they're connected to other people. And I find it intriguing that Gabe doesn't go to Elizabeth. An angel shows up to Joseph. We don't know if it's Gabriel, but Gabriel doesn't show up to Elizabeth, the one that's going to carry the baby. Maybe you should let her know, too. He doesn't. Both of them will be supernatural, but they're different. Mary's will be something that has never happened before and will never happen again. A virgin got pregnant. Joseph, she don't need you. This is God. That is not the case with Elizabeth. God ooh, is going to open this senior citizen woman's womb. But the natural things still have to take place. For the baby to come to pass. God says, my part is open the womb. Your part is go home. Light some candles. Can you see Zechariah saying, all right, he's sharing. And watch this. You know God set it up. He can't talk. He came home and Elizabeth was like, you just listening to me like you've never listened before? He's like... Listen like this. The candles. He's gotta do his part. It's a method to my madness. God has done his part. Zachariah must do his. If there is no intimacy with an open womb, 
he still has no miracle. If Zechariah is sitting back and waiting on God to do it like he did for Mary, it ain't going to happen. There are some things that God will open up in your life, but you still have to do your part. There are some things that God is going to do. The miracles already happened and you think you're waiting on God. No, 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 no. God is waiting on you. You are going to have the business, but you better file for it first. He is going to take you around the world. You better go get a passport first. You may have to go to school. Stop sitting back passively waiting on God when he's waiting on you. You trying to find a godly man? You up in the house with hair rollers in your hair and your bathrobe on? You ain't going to get nobody but a DoorDash dude. You better. You want a woman of God? You won't go talk. You won't walk across and say, hey, I like the way you worship. I'm trying to holler. Not in a creepy way, but you know. No, this is crazy. So many people sitting back passively while like, you God, you said it. Yeah, but hello? You got to do your part, Zechariah. Many of us are waiting on God. When the womb is open, you must have the place of intimacy. But look at, oh, I'm glad you got your shout out there. Because I'm really going to mess you up with this. Now look at Joseph and Mary. Joseph, by the law, Deuteronomy 22, I believe, has every right to take Mary because they were betrothed, engaged, to take Mary and whoever he thinks the baby daddy is and stone them by law. But how many know that would have been a long search for whoever that baby daddy was? <laughs> so look how much character he has. He says, I, I don't want to stone you. I, I actually love you. And he thought to himself, he said, I'm not even going to shame her. I'll just divorce her quietly. Look at the character and integrity. It matters who you're connected to. He doesn't go on a witch hunt. Who is it? You talking about God for real, girl? I'm going to find him. Just going to divorce her quietly. And the moment he does that, and obviously goes to sleep, because he can't figure it out. Some things are beyond you. You just got to go to sleep. You, for real, you're going to sit up and try to figure out how a virgin got pregnant? Keep going. You want to just fry your cerebral cortex? Try to figure that one out. He just goes to sleep. And in his dream, the angel speaks. And look at what happens. The angel says to him, this is from God. Don't divorce her. Stay with her, Joseph. This is from God. But I want you to see something else. Now, you got your shout out earlier. Watch it, Matthew. Put it up. It says, when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord had commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born. And Joseph named him Jesus. Got the dream to not leave you. I'm going to stay with you. But I honor 
and respect what's in you enough to wait. Even though we're already engaged and nobody would know anyway because you're already it's quiet. So I'm not going to have sex because the God that I serve created a context for that. And sex is worship. And so it's in marriage. Ooh. And so here we have what the enemy is still doing today. He doesn't want the married Zechariah and Elizabeth to have sex. That's why I want to tell married people, have sex. And then he wants the ones who are engaged or even dating to engage in it. The eyes eye. When God has actually created a context for which sex should happen. And Joseph respects and honors her not to do it. Now, this is the way my brain works. I'm sorry. I think part of it was like he's a man of God. But can you imagine if he tried? And Jesus is like, he's there. Oh, girl. He there. Is he moving? He watching. Uh-uh, you better stay on your side. I'm being funny, but he's there dating people. He's there. He's there. He's there. He is. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? And if you made mistakes, there is grace. But create the proper boundaries so that you can have a fruitful life the way that God created for you to have it. Worship team, join me. Watch this. Mary is pregnant. She's scared. And God so sets it up that she has somebody like Elizabeth to connect with. Because who else but Elizabeth could know what it's like to be in the perfect will of God but still dealing with the ramifications of his will. Everybody's like, I want his favor. I want his blessing. Do you? <laughs> Do you know the ridicule and the shame Mary went through? Some scholars say, you read in the Bible. She carried that stigma for years. For years. People in the town talking about, you know that's that crazy girl talking about, that's Jesus, baby. God got her pregnant. Thank God for the gift of the relationship with Mary and Elizabeth. Thank God, watch this, for shutting Zachariah's mouth. She stayed with him for three months. This fool didn't believe an angel that he saw. What you think he would have said? <laughs> and Mary would be like, this is God. He would have been like, God wouldn't even let him speak doubt. Be careful who you're connected to. 
Some of you are around people who are quenching your faith, your dreams with their words, with their negativity. They remind you of your past. Anytime you tell them what God can do, they got 15 ways it can't happen in charts and graphs. My goodness, they've lost their wonder. They've lost their awe. Don't let them crush it in you just because it's been crushed in them. Be careful who you connect with. I don't want people that tell me I don't see how it can happen. Oh, I want people of faith around me that can say, oh, I see how it can happen. It can happen like this or maybe it can happen like that. Give me some people that have wonder and awe and can believe that there really is no cap, that there really is no limit. Give me somebody that believes that God can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you can ask, think, or imagine. Oh, get away from me with your mouth of doubt. Give me somebody that's going to build my faith. Show me how it can happen. Don't show me who I am. Show me who I can be. Tell me there's hope for my marriage. Tell me my kid can come back and be saved. Tell me God can use me to preach the gospel. Tell me it can happen. Tell me I can get out of debt and be financially whole. Tell me I can go back to school. Tell me I can. And if you can't shut your mouth, keep your eyes open. shut mouth but I think that shut mouth produced eyes of wonder it's kind of like when you can't see your hearing gets better I think when you can't speak your eyes get better you know what's killing our culture right now people with big mouths either in person or online giving your opinion should have the gift of a shut mouth and just listen and just watch I promise you'll see things you've never seen before when your mouth is shut and your eyes are open Mary stays for three months gets the encouragement that she needs and leaves Elizabeth's water breaks and the whole town has gathered how many you know a senior citizen or somebody older gets pregnant, the whole town is coming. Pastor Honey, you start, you get pregnant, all the social is coming to the baby shower. They can't believe it. They can't believe it. And I want you to see what happens. Put it up there in Luke. His mouth is still shut. He can't speak. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child. This is John. And they were going to name him after his father, Zechariah. And they said to her, that's Elizabeth, there are no among your relatives who has the name John. She wanted to name him John. She said, no, his name would be John. And so they made signs to his father to find out what he would like to name the child. This would have been, not John the Baptist, Zachariah the Baptist, had the culture and the family named him. He's a priest. By tradition, John is supposed to be a priest. But God was doing something new because he was about to be a prophet that was going to usher in the coming of Jesus Christ. 
Quit looking to your history to see what you're going to be. Maybe God wants to do something that your family hadn't seen before, that your generation hasn't seen before. Maybe he wants to birth something in you that there is no blueprint for. You won't be able to Google what he wants to do in you. Oh, I feel your presence in here, Jesus. Keep it up there. I want you to see it. Look at Zechariah. He said, hold up. I messed this up once. Gonna mess this up again. I lost my voice because I spoke out in doubt. I've been quiet for nine months. He said, Real quick, give me a writing tablet. And to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, His name is John. You understand the father had the right to name the child in that culture whatever he wanted. But Zachariah said, No, 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 no. I gotta agree with the word that I heard from the Lord. His name will be called John. And the moment he agreed with what God said, all of a sudden his tongue got set free and his mouth was open because God will open up doors when you agree with that which he has already spoken. Oh, somebody ought to get up on your feet and give them some praise in this place. I feel the presence of God. in astonishment and all of a sudden because his mouth got shut his eyes got open and when he agreed with the word that God spoke his mouth was open and he did what Mary did initially you can read it when you get home Zechariah started praising God what is the proper response when God gives you a word give him praise praise him till you see it I don't care if it takes 400 years don't stop worshiping don't stop praising don't stop trusting don't stop coming to church just cause it hasn't come to pass if he said it he is a man of his word it shall come just a word for everybody in here or even somebody who's watching this online this is a word for our church God you're calling social and every person under the sound of my voice God to live with wide eyed wonder God I pray you would speak to our hearts when the enemy tries to get us to speak doubt. God, don't let doubt be the first thing to come out of our mouth. But I pray just like Mary, we would say, let it be to me according to your word. I'm not waiting till I see it to believe it. But God, I am a believer. And I'll believe it even when I can't see how how is on you believing is on me help us to believe we would like to thank you for being a part of our social global family please head to our website socialdallas.online and see the many ways you can stay connected with us from around the world <laughs>